Sandy sells seashells by the seashore. Peter Piper picked a pack of pickled peppers in his Porsche. 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 Sorry. Testing. One, two, got, three. Got some car guys in the room. Yeah, what the fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, I called it Porsche. I also call it Porsche. What? It's apparently Porsche, okay. according to these car guys. I didn't say that. I don't call it Porsche. Only ritzy people call it Porsche. The way my screen is aligned right now, Corp is below Caleb, and the what? <laughs> it looked like it was straight to Caleb. Hold <laughs> on there. dot com podcast see the last time you heard from the web pod squad we uh we dropped a nuclear bomb and then dipped for a month and a half so i hope this has been enough time for everybody to recover from the draft grades podcast uh but the good news is it's preview time, baby. We're getting it rolling because points are going to hit the fucking board in two weeks' time. Week and two days. Hold on a second. Wait. A week and two days is what he's telling me. I think that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next Thursday. Next Thursday? Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Well, <laughs> we, we have three hours of web pod content to pump out before next Thursday, apparently. So <laughs> let's gear up for that. Um, how, how's the, how's the summer? How's the off season been treating you champ? You got anything to report over there? Um, you know, as I sit here and look at this web.com dynasty league champion belt, my 2021 GM of the year award sitting over, by my AC unit, I just think about how blessed I am to be here. Um, but in all seriousness, it has been a long off season, and I'm sure Dave will will echo that every chance he gets about how long this off season has been between the track and games. But it's been pretty quiet for a bit here, so uh, ramping up towards the season, it's been kind of mellow. But I think you know next week, you know probably Monday, Tuesday, all of a sudden you get those. Those goosebumps, those jitters, like we're, we're points on the board. Those are the words we hear every year. So we're almost there. Web, web champion, they can't afford central air in there. They got AC <laughs> units. <laughs> Jesus. It's like that the, when the rookie the, the rookie, rookie deal quarterback wins the Super Bowl and he's like, yeah, I'm still driving my 05 <laughs> Honda Civic, yeah. you know, like. Just can't give it up. Just, yeah. Love that cool air on my face. <laughs> Oh man. Well, it is it is going to hit different next week. I mean, it has been a an interesting off season just because and this whole shit about oh, this was too much time. It's just the fact that we didn't have that like June lull. We had the lull all at the same time this year. So we went straight from like behind the curtain right into draft stuff and now it's just been 
a month and a half of nothing. But that's okay because we're turning it back up. We are talking about the Pac-5 to kick things off with the preseason specials. This year, we are on an alternating basis. Last year, we started with the Big Five. This year, we're starting with the Pac-5. And I got to tell you, when I sat down and looked at these teams and thought about record predictions, something's going to happen here. (laughs) All these teams that I think are good can't be good because that's not how this game works. So I'm really curious to hear how you guys think the pack five is going to shake out. You're fucking in the conference. So you, you know, you're going to be living it. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be very interesting. This discussion, I think. Yeah, this is a, this is a new era for the pack five. It's been building for a while. We've been kind of a little brother for basically all of webs history the pac-5 has always been seen as the weaker conference and that's finally like started to turn and i think this is the year we we assert ourselves pac-5 pride um always first and foremost from from the dwbm camp we love the pac-5 um this is the this is our time yeah it definitely has had like i don't know little brother vibes for a while when i was first starting out in the pack and definitely the narrative shift and now it's going to be almost to our own detriment because there's so many good teams in this conference that we're going to be the ones eating ourselves alive alive now and makes it really difficult to predict what's going to happen yeah i mean even last season alone i mean talk about interconference matchups the pack five was 21 to 15 against the big five last year that was the first time in a while that the that the Pac-5 decisively won the season series, we talked about it on the preview going into the year. Like, man, this conference is really coming together. And when you look at you know how it ended up shaping up at the end of the year, I mean, obviously our champ comes from the Pac-5. We had the second best team ever coming out of the Pac-5. But I think going into this year, even some of those teams that were at the bottom of the conference last year look decidedly better heading into this season. So it'll be really, really interesting. And let's just get it fucking started. Uh, We're going in reverse order here. So last year, (laughs) reverse order meant starting with the pens. I don't know if it's quite as dramatic (laughs) this year, but we are starting with David Wilson, Batman, one of the more, (laughs) I I have no idea where you guys are going to come into this discussion with on David Wilson Batman. I didn't even know what I was doing when I was looking at the team. I changed the record like four times because this is really the culmination of what began years ago, Frage, when you decided it was time to do a rebuild. I mean, Bijan Robinson, let's just start with that. you're going into the season with the dynasty RB one, all of a sudden here, you just accelerated this thing to maximum levels. You've made some trades. We'll talk about those, but just let me know, man, how are you feeling nine days away from starting the 2023 season? Uh, hopeful we're feeling like excitement for the first time in a couple years plans to to try to win this year that's that's new um made a few moves 
with the around the Bijan deal, obviously that was the main one, but we've made a few other moves to try to beef up that starting lineup in a pretty wide open wild card race. Um, as we'll kind of get into the other teams in the race and looking at my starting lineup as I looked through these teams for the pod, I feel really good about where we're at. So it's just going to be about um, hoping some players take next steps, hoping some of these moves work out, provide some a little more oomph to that starting lineup. But I would say hopeful is the is the main the main word there. Excitement. Yeah, I feel like you've done a really good job, like from a team building aspect of just grabbing cornerstones. Of course, getting Jamar Chase, who was your guy, getting Joe Burrow, and now adding a Bijan Robinson. I feel like, I mean, those are cornerstone dynasty players right now. And to to start with that foundation and then add on to all these young prospects you have, like Christian Watson, who had a really nice year. Um, and then really the, the Devontae Adams deal was kind of the like wake up it's like oh he's going for it like that was that was a power move to to put adams in your lineup and it was kind of shocking and kind of scary because i think it kind of worked out for both teams so yeah that was i when when you made that i was like oh frazier's frazier's gonna try and go for it this year yeah we haven't been on the pod since i did that no i this is all like brand new stuff here for mm-hmm. for I mean David Wilson Batman and I mean just to to go back in time here look at you know last season obviously we're starting with this team it was three and eleven for David Wilson Batman last year but the the funny thing about this team is that you averaged 167.3 per game which was sixth and your WAR plus while it was negative two point two that was also sixth. So we're talking about a team here that the record was far worse than the actual numbers behind the performance. And now we're going into the year with a much more robust lineup, especially on the offensive side of things. I mean, obviously we talk about Bijan, Devante, even David Montgomery coming in here, just pieces getting added to this offense. That was the fifth scoring offense last year. I don't know if people realize that because I didn't (laughs) like this, this offense last year under construction wasn't even bad. And now you're getting these premier pieces in there. I mean, you can really only look at that and expect to see maybe something even more shocking than the league is ready for, for a team that is, you know, coming off of a three and 11 season. Yeah, that's we're really excited about that. To Jamar Chase last year missed weeks eight through I think thirteen, so that's another another thing to factor in. Uh, talking about the Devante move, I loved that move. I mean, I like it for Tim. Um, I loved it for my team because Colin and Riley have made like these splash splashes to get like Stephon Diggs, T Higgins, but they've given up like a good chunk of their draft capital to do it, and I was looking for something where I wouldn't need to do that and still upgrade the starting lineup similar to what they did and to be able to flip DJ Moore, who I've just got, I mean, it was time for a change of scenery uh, for him from, for DWBM to turn him hopefully into an upgrade for the starting lineup without getting rid of any draft capital. Um, was pretty excited about that. Yeah. And 
you talked about draft capital. I mean, this team still has three 24 firsts to insert somewhere here where it's already a lineup that's pretty full. I mean, the flex spot's probably going to be pretty up in the air. It's Rashad Penny right now. But um, if you inject a couple young running backs, maybe receiver, or try to look at the defensive side, um, you know, this team, it's going to take a step forward this year. But after 2024 draft, I'm really interested to see where this team is at. Or if, you know, if you're in a position to move, you know, you didn't want to move capital, but if you can use that to get some players you like as well to fill in that flex spot to fill out this lineup, um, you've got a lot of flexibility on which way you want to go this season. That's the big thing, man. That's the big thing. When you talk about making moves while maintaining your draft capital, that just gives you all the additional flexibility that some of these teams don't even have anymore. They have constructed their teams. They've built their lineups. You're able to be agile. You're able to make adjustments down the stretch. And I mean, if this is a hot start, I mean, you you start six games in the big five. I mean, it's not a great conference right now. If you start hot, if this is a four and two start for this team, there's nothing stopping you from using a first or two, even two firsts to go out, grab a premier piece to really get this thing going. And then you're talking about being a serious, serious contender already in 2023. So, I mean, it is, it's exciting stuff, man. I mean, this is a, this was a quick turn. I mean, years and years of dominance, and I don't even know if you expected it to go this quickly, uh, but you know, you get Jamar Chase and B. John Robinson uh, in a few years time. I mean, that's not accelerated. <laughs> Hit the pedal. All right. Well, let's talk about it. Web factors for David Wilson, Batman, for the 2023 season. Caleb, you have the honors, buddy. First web factor of the year. I don't know how I always forget every year that we do this, and I don't (laughs) think ahead at all every time. Um, But as I comb through this lineup, um, my web factor is going to be... I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go with Chase Young. Um, this is an interesting pick. We haven't really talked about the defense like at all. There's, there's a lot of question marks on this defense. Like There's guys with upside like JOK and Jamin who have, you know, haven't really put it all together or haven't been healthy. Kind of question marks in the DBs. And then the big question mark of them all, Chase Young. I mean, we haven't really seen him play in a, in a couple of years. I know he played a few games last year, but... Chase Young, this is a guy you traded away a first for. I know you get like a second back with it, but this was a big acquisition at the time, and we've yet to see the fruits of that. And on a team that's sort of looking for some defensive identity, the way I'm looking at it, you know, if we can get the Chase Young, we all remember that rookie season where he was he was starting to pop off. Uh, that would be huge to to build around on this defense, but. On the other side, if he doesn't come back to that, all of a sudden, you know, where are you getting points from on this defensive side of the ball? We're at this defensive line spot. Uh, that's why, yeah, that's why I think he's a web factor because if he if he finally booms this year, you're looking really good. If not, the defense has some questions. Yeah, I got a couple guys like that. Chase Young, big one. Rashawn Gary also coming off the, the ACL. So it's there's some question marks back there, injury injury related for sure but that's that's a real good one a lot a lot invested in him um 
last year I figured would be a quick or like a transition year for him getting back from the injury, pretty bad knee injury, but then they don't pick up the options and I are like, Ooh, what, like what's going on with chase young? I have no idea. Yeah. And I mean, the defense last year, seventh ranked also wasn't bad, but, and there's pieces coming back here. There's room to grow there as well. Um, I mean, it's gotta be Bijan, right? I mean, the web factor of this team is Bijan Robinson because if he is RB one this year, which is in the cards, I might just say right now, this is a playoff team. <laughs> like I w- w- one out of 12, man, I'm already making playoff predictions, but <laughs> I'm just, you know, if this player does the sorts of things that we all expect him to do within the framework of this offense that already showed you that it was close last year. If we, if we see that sort of performance out of him, that will drive everything that happens for this team. It will drive the moves that you make. It will drive how you, you know, move things around, how you spend those first. And it'll, it'll ultimately influence, you know, what happens post week 14, I think. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. I mean, that's, that is the main web factor, but to, Mine is going to be, it would be Bijan, but to pick a different one, I'm going to pick Christian Watson as mine, um, mostly because uh, a lot of of assets were poured into getting Bijan, so like trying to fill out the rest of the starting lineup with more more points is going to be more important. So if we can get Christian Watson to take that next step forward, Jordan Love to take that next step, forward and solidify that wide receiver two spot of the future it makes everything down the line a lot easier so um, it also helps this year a lot to steady that wide receiver two wide receiver three spot Um, if he can be what he was down the stretch a high impact player that's going to be massive short term and long term absolutely yep 100 percent. that was the second one i wrote down as well so Oh my God. All right. We broke the seal. Um, that's one team, but I, we do still need to do record predictions. I can't forget this. I always forget every year to do this. Um, I don't want to go first. So somebody else go first. I can, I'll go first. (laughs) I got the, I got the crowdsourced ones too. I'll wait till the end. Oh yeah. Yeah. When do you want to bring those in? Well, we'll all do ours. I made my predictions before seeing these, so mine okay. are un, okay. unaffected. Okay. Um, but we'll wait. We'll all go, and then we'll say what the crowd thought. Okay. Um, I picked seven and seven. I think it is going to end up being a transition year if things start slowly. Maybe could see those David Montgomery, Devontae Adams type moved. I think there are moves that were could go either way. I think they're good flip pieces if things go poorly or contributing pieces. Um, so I'm just going to shoot it right down the middle, seven and seven. Yeah, that's that's right around where I was. I was debating between seven and seven and eight and six. But I think I'm going seven and seven. Just We just have to see it. Like We just have to see the points on the paper. There's the potential that this team has with all the, the talent and everything. But it's a tough division. 
It's probably going to be a few growing pains. Maybe you move some of these older at maybe an Adams gets moved, like you said. Seven and seven feels like a, a good number to put it at right now. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Mingo's facial expressions right now. I just it, I this is the thing, man. You you put the records down and then you realize, wait, I don't think the Pac Five can have this many wins. <laughs> but when I revisited my records. I kept David Wilson Batman at eight and six. I'm saying it eight and six. I believe in B. John Robinson. I believe in the ability of this general manager very strongly. And I think this is going to be even a better season than maybe we were expecting uh, when that trade happened. Cause I think people said, Oh, he got B. John. This thing's accelerated. Well, might've been accelerated all the way up till this season. So We'll see if that ends up being a playoff team after we talk about the big five, but I'm going eight and six. All right. The crowd. Um, for those who weren't aware, we took, thank you for contributing. We got those all. We put them in the little spreadsheet that has all the matchups, uh, chances of winning based on those scores, and it spits out a win prediction. That is really fucking cool, by the mm-hmm. way. And it's got David Wilson Batman at 7.5. So right right in the middle. (laughs) God, we're so smart. Let's go. (laughs) All right. Well, okay. One down. Here we go. Next up. Herb, your enthusiasm. So 2022. For Herb, your enthusiasm. We, We came on here at this time last year. We weren't ready to say, you know, he had been the one year away team for like two years. It felt like, and four and 10 last year, uh, 159.2 was ninth in scoring negative 3.53 was also ninth in war plus. So there was a lot of factors that influenced why Herbie enthusiasm ended kind of where they had always been near the bottom of the league last year. Some of it was injury related. Uh, there were other things going on, but I mean, this team did something this off season that it has not done up till this point. And that was make a real move, a real investment into this team to try to win right now. And that is of course the T Higgins trade trading multiple firsts plus for a premier wide receiver talent. So let's start right there. What did that move signal to you in terms of what you think Riley uh, is going into the 2023 season, believing with this team? I think it was a signal that he is ready. Like it was always this year that I, that he picked out as the year that he's going to, to do um, go for it. Um, making that move was a sign that, that it, he's going to do it. T Higgins, um, while like not as impactful as like a major running back trade that he maybe could make down the line is still a huge, uh, move for that team. Solid wide receiver one. Um, and I think it, it's mostly like a, Hey, take this team serious. They're going to, they're going to make aggressive moves. They've been patient up till this point. Um, 
looking at this team from where we were at behind the curtain to now, I feel a lot different about it. And I don't know if it was me not looking deep enough into it and behind the curtain because I remember being pretty critical of the team at the time, wondering, I think I even asked if he thinks it's time to maybe retool it already. Um, he must have done some good work just all around because looking at this team, specifically the bench, I really stuck out to me when looking uh, at this team for this pod. It's just super, super deep. Um, like the starting lineup, he's going to need to be huge, take steps forward. But God, this there's a lot of talent just all the way down the down the roster. And I'm really coming away looking at this team for the pod. I'm liking it a lot for this year. Yeah, you talked about depth, and I think this has to be the deepest wide receiver core in web. I mean, T. Higgins, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman, Michael Thomas, DJ Chark, Hollywood Brown, Juju, Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks. I mean, he's going like eight, nine deep there. So there's a lot of players here. The T. Higgins deal was obviously huge. Um, I mean, depends if you consider him Say a premier player. Say it, Caleb. I see that look in your eye. I think uh, he's a he's a solid like he's a mainstay in the lineup. I mean, arguments could be made for if you're getting into how many wins he adds to this team. Was it worth the price he paid? I don't know, but I think it's it sends a message and it's a spot that's nailed down in the lineup now. Yeah, that's true. It is nice that he has security in a spot there. Um, and looking at the offense, it comes out really nice. Uh, obviously, it's kind of been a series of unfortunate events with these running backs a little bit, with Javante tearing his ACL, and then Charbonnet, who probably would have been a, the pick at four, getting drafted to the Seahawks, where he already has Kenneth Walker. So I think a, a few things have really rolled the way he doesn't want. Jerry Judy already dealing with an injury. But this is definitely the best lineup he's put together thus far, I think. Um, yeah, like I said, I don't, I don't know how much T. Higgins adds to like the overall, like what's like I don't know, whatever metrics we have, like wins above replacement and stuff. Like, but we're, it's tough because it, the the lineup's so good. It's like, well, hold on a second, change it. Hold on a second. So last year, do you remember what we said about this team? We called this team the Dynasty Darlings team because it was literally full of all those players that it was like, go get Elijah Moore, go get, you know, Javante Williams. And like, we were very cautious about projecting that to equal success. And obviously what we saw, and of course, you know, injuries came into this, but not all of that stuff came together. And I think this off season, what Riley wanted to do more than anything was just get players into this lineup that he knew were going to score points. And I think T Higgins is that player. Sure. I mean, you can say, you know, okay, there's, there's the argument there about what is his ceiling? Okay. Well, regardless of what the ceiling is, I think you're talking about a player that really stands out amongst, you know, Michael Pittman, Jerry Judy, and then this litany of guys on the bench, Hollywood Brown. I mean, you finally have a name there that you can really lean on and say, okay, this is a player that I can count on to be productive for me. And 
honestly, to a lesser degree, I think the, the Aaron Jones trade was a, a similar sort of a situation where he just needed to get somebody into these running back spots that he could count on. Uh, and you know, Kenneth Walker seems like the player that, you know, that could have been that player that can be that player. Uh, but it gets muddy with the, with the Charbonnet pick. So you have Aaron Jones here. He's on kind of, maybe this is his last year with a premier workload, but that tells you right there what Riley thinks about this team. He wants to get those pieces in here right now. He wants to give this team a chance. Uh, and and hopefully some of these other pieces just kind of come in and fill in around them now. He doesn't need Javante Williams to be an RB1. But if he is, suddenly, man, now you're talking about real, you know, a real uh, running back room there. So for me, I think the moves that he made were really savvy and just let's see what this team can do when there's real pieces around some of the ceiling pieces that he has. Yeah, and he's going to have a lot of draft capital, too, to work with this year. And I think, like, if things go as planned with this team and he takes the step forward, there's a lot of teams, like, in contention right now. There's going to be some teams that emerge as sellers. Uh, who knows what types of players are available on those teams, so that could emerge. I think this this defense is going to be, I think, really good this year, um, too. If I remember right, he kind of came on at the end of last year. Um, starting lineup looks good. I mean, I was looking at his bench and I was wondering if he had like his defensive starters benched or something. Cause it's like <laughs> Joey Bosa, Quay Walker, Devin Lloyd, Woody Pay, like that's yeah. Alex Highsmith. That's his defensive bench right now. And those are all like good little pieces too. So I'm, I'm excited for this defense wide receivers deep. He's got some running backs on the bench too. Javante Williams, AJ Dillon on the bench right now. I mean, Justin Herbert's still leading things like, should be time. I think he just needs this starting lineup to finally take that step forward, and then he'll be in business. Yeah, he's arguably the deepest league in Web, and if things finally, you know, roll his way a little bit this year in a better direction, he could definitely be dangerous. He could finally, you know, shake off that sort of dark horse dynasty darling and actually, actually do it. Uh, Web factor for Herbie enthusiasm. This is this might be the hardest one. Uh, because they're like Frazier outlined, I mean, this team is deep and there's a lot of guys where you could say, okay, this really might hinge on his performance this year. So, um, Frazier, why don't you start us on this one? <sighs> yes, this is a tough one. Oh man. I'm going to go with Jerry Judy. Um, T Higgins is going to be a focus this year. Kenneth Walker is going to be a focus, but T Higgins is a guy this team has a lot invested in. Came over in the in the AJ Brown deal, took a nice step forward last year. If Sean Payton can elevate this team, get Russell Wilson back to where he was, I think Jerry Judy is going to be a huge beneficiary of that. And if if he can take that step forward, be a nice one B to tease one A, that's going to be. The, the thing that the starting lineup could potentially need to take the step forward we're talking about. Yeah, and I can say, I mean, so when we were in the midst of the T. Higgins negotiations, Jerry Judy was the name that came up. And I can tell you, he still thinks very highly of this player. And I think this is the year. It is either this year or it's never with Jerry Judy. So that is a that is a great pick. 
Um, Caleb, what do you think? I am going to go with the namesake, Justin Herbert. Um, obviously the face of this franchise, but last year, I know he dealt with injuries and such, but really stepped down in performance, finished as QB 11. Um, just the point totals down the stretch were, were not what he needed. You know, six points, four points, 20, 22 to cap out the year. Like, uh, I think we need to see Herbert hit his ceiling to really lift this team. You know, if there's still guys with question marks, um, Herbert should be able to cover up those issues. Um, but he wasn't able to yet last year, which kind of was why that whole team sort of fell apart. Herbert wasn't there to to pick it, to backpack the team. So I think if we can get Herbert to return to form, it'll take a lot of pressure off the rest of this team to to live up to expectations. And then he'll he'll really be cooking. So Justin Herbert really, and I I think he's going to have a big year. I think he's healthy, and I like the changes they're making on offense. I think he's in for a big year, and if he is, this will help this team massively. You must forget how mid Herbert was at times last year. You take the talent a little bit for granted, but that is uh, that will be a big one this year. As will my web factor, Javante Williams, because we probably said the same damn thing last year, but now it becomes very important for the future of this team that Javante comes back, looks healthy, and can be the player, or at least some version of the player that he thought he was drafting uh fourth overall once upon a time i mean all the reports are are good you know you get all the like oh my god it's a miraculous recovery from this injury i i hope it is i hope it is and i hope that we can see him have a full season of work and that he can slot in and be a, a no doubt you know, flex play for this team or even, you know, slot into that RB two spot, bump Aaron Jones down to the flex. I mean, he, he has some insurance with Miles Sanders and some other players, but Javante Williams arriving this year would do wonders for this team. And for, you know, the next few years of this team as well. Yeah, love the Javante one, love the the Herbert one. I mean, a good quarterback or great quarterback and a good defense can get you places. Just ask Caleb. Just ask Caleb, man. <laughs> God damn. All right. Record predictions. Herb, your enthusiasm. I'll start on this one, I guess, because I don't think I've started yet. Um, this is really hard for me. This is really difficult for me. I'm going to say six and eight because like I said, in the beginning teams have to win and teams have to lose. And when I looked at the pack five schedule and I'm picking David Wilson, Batman to surprise some folks and pick up another, you know, win or two versus what everybody might be expecting that comes at the expense of some teams. And unfortunately in a in a conference that is this crowded and this you know talented right now, I still don't know if Herb your enthusiasm has the juice. Now, everything we just said about him, 
it's totally true. There's a lot of talent up and down this roster. He almost feels injury proof this year, or at least it seems that way. And that will help him uh, navigate some of the adversity. But I, I, I don't know, man, I, I had to go six and eight. I'm going to go seven and seven. That's <laughs> Equal with Frazier. <laughs> kind of a it's, theme, right? In the past five. <laughs> I mean, it's interesting how they got to this point where Frazier's full blow up and then kind of working his way back up and then a rebuild accelerator. And now Riley's been like, he's been right there, but just hasn't quite gotten to it. And it's sort of like Frazier. Like, I need to see the pen to paper. I need to see the points on the board to prove that you can actually do it. And I think this could be a step forward again this year, but it's going to be tough. It's it's going to be really tough across the board. So I just I don't think I can quite get them over that hump just yet. I also got them at, at seven and seven. Um, <laughs> yeah, here I was in the in the pre-show bragging about how I got the perfect amount of web win losses where it, it equaled out at the end. It might have just been because I picked everyone seven Everybody and seven. Seven <laughs> and seven. <laughs> Oh, but no, I echo what both of you say. I think I like this this depth. Really impressed me looking at this team. Um, and considering that that's going to help them out, specifically in the Pac-5 schedule later in the year as the bye, bye week comes, um, I think that's going to really help them out. Um, but like Mingle said, um, there's still stuff you want to see. And like Caleb said, um, you want to see it pen to paper um so seven and seven could be the year could not be the year it's been the the theme of the last three preseason pods for him and, but that's kind of yeah. where it's at for me yeah you know he's getting sick and tired of it and uh, man i i wanted to i wanted to have more and i hope that there is more it's just that the nature of the pack five right now is just not fun and I think you see the expansion counterpart, Colin, taking advantage of what is a weak conference right now and sending his chips in. And we'll talk about that team next week. Riley is trying to come up during a time where it is just very, very challenging in the Pac-5. And he might have enough to do it, but we will we will find out. Mm-hmm. Crowd, crowd projections. Yes. For Riley, 6.3. They were... Very cool on this team. Ah, I, that, oh. that came in lower than I thought it would be. That makes me feel better about six mm-hmm. and eight because then I don't feel like a jerk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's just jerks. Yeah, yeah everybody's a everybody. fucking jerk. You guys are jerks. <laughs> All right. Well, Green's Rebel Alliance. So. All right. Let's just talk about what happened in 2022. So. Before the season started, I predicted that this team was going to blow it up during the year. I predicted him to be four and 10, and that was contingent on a blow up. The Rebels just find a way every single season to be in the conversation. And a former champion himself, like Josh, is not going to take a fast start for granted he is going to put his foot on the gas pedal when he senses an opportunity so 
you talk about the rebels last year, starting four and two in the big five and then dropping one to Tim, but then ripping off three consecutive victories in the pack five, including games against Caleb and Dave. Those were game of the weeks. The rebels were playing in big games in the middle of the season. And unfortunately, after making a few trades, the wheels kind of fell off and they lost four consecutive games to finish the season and finish at seven and seven, 164.4 points per game and a negative 2.43 war plus. Both of those were seventh in the league. So you fit, he finishes last year about average. And I think we're talking about how much talent there is in the pack five. And we're talking about these teams below him in the standings last year that are coming up that are, you know, maybe even ready to make a playoff push in some cases. Where does that leave the rebels for 2023? This is just like the ultimate weird team. I mean, it's, it's right. It's right on Josh's brand. Um, this this team's format this year but like you said like not like screaming at you on paper but the ultimate like gonna do more than you probably think they are team just going down um just the the defense is still like i think it's gonna be good again still got uh, max crosby and then just a lot of players that just they're gonna probably do do stuff not they're not flashy but it's just there, and then he's got his. He doesn't have his twenty-four pick. He doesn't have his twenty-five pick. So there's not a lot of incentive to really blow things up. So he's he's just gonna be pesky all all year, which is just right on brand for Josh. Yeah, this team is sort of taking an interesting turn for me. I remember it being really fun with all these running backs like Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, Leonard Fournette, like. Yeah, this team's pretty deep there, and, you know, it's going to be scrappy, but, like, Leonard Fournette's dead. He traded for Dalvin Cook, and now he's going to be on the Jets sharing time with Brees Hall. Um, Cam Akers finished the season pretty well, but you still got question marks with him. Pacheco was emerging. Like like I said, there's a lot of guys, but, like, it's not appealing as it was, like, the year before with, like, he has this huge, deep running back room. It's like I could see all these guys, you know, just falling off. And where is he going to pick that back up? Hopefully Lamar stays healthy. Hopefully that offense with Greg Roman really picks it up. Cause I think Lamar is going to have to backpack this team. I'm, you know, I'm looking at it and Chris Godwin has Baker Mayfield throwing to him. The Jaguars added Calvin Ridley, which is going to eat into Christian Kirk's target share. I just, the offense just isn't very sexy at all. And I know he'll always feel the good defense, but I just, unless Lamar goes back to like QB one overall Lamar. I don't think this offense can keep up with the rest of the league. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show like how fragile like rebuilds are, which is terrifying is coming out of one is like, like Caleb said, this team looked very exciting. Like one, two years ago with these running backs and all it took was Deandre Swift, maybe not being as good as we thought banged up. And then the cam makers Achilles, injury has completely changed the the landscape of this team how you view this team from the outside um it went from 
exciting to like all right what's what's next so it it it's shows how fragile it can be it's terrifying it's absolutely terrifying because you can invest high capital into your team and it doesn't mean anything yeah i mean you have to hit on these players and by no fault of his own i mean last year we were talking about you know is this the year where deandre swift becomes a top five dynasty running back and now we're talking about is deandre swift even going to be a like a a running back that you can feel confident starting on a given week i mean that is how quickly this thing has turned and I mean, I don't want to be doom and gloom with this team, but I just, I don't see the pathway here. I don't see the pathway. He doesn't have an incentive to blow it up. So I don't know if he will try to farm for picks or something, just get anything into this team to try to start over a little bit uh, because there's no picks there for the next two years. I mean, thirds and fourths, but uh, I don't know if he's going to feel inclined to start that, but I, I just, when you look at this pack five schedule that he's going to be facing, it's wins are going to be real tough this year. They're going to be real tough. And you're talking about an offense last year that was ninth ranked and it's getting worse. It's, it is 100%. You can't say, you know, it's, it's getting worse. So I, this is a team that I don't, I didn't, I didn't feel good about where I landed with him when I think about, you know, where do the rebels finish 2023? But, um, you know, like, like you said, phrase somehow this team always seems to find a way. This will be the ultimate test. (laughs) This will be the ultimate test. Can he hang around long enough this year to, you know, maybe try to make one last effort, one last move, but, I don't even know if he's ready to do that after what happened last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I see a recipe to like being frisky, finishing like six and eight, seven and seven. Like if Lamar is consistent, stays healthy, be close to what he was. And then Josh pulls his magic on the defense. And then like the wide receiver starting lineup is solid. Like Godwin Kirk, Deontay Johnson in the starting lineup right now, like, that's a recipe to give some of these pack five teams that are hoping to take step forward headaches, but I definitely don't see like a way to the playoffs at all. Yeah. And like Mingo said, with not having those future assets the next few years, I'd be a little scared if I was him. Cause like either this team, you know, these guys put it together on offense and they're solid and they scrap their way to the playoffs or they just all lose value. And then you can't even try to trade them because nobody nobody wants these guys. We see what they are now. So do you try to get out now while DeAndre Swift still has hype, while Cam Akers still finished last season strong, while Deontay Johnson has the touchdown hype coming for next year? Or do you try to ride it out, and then if it doesn't pan out, you're just you're stuck? So it's tough. I'll tell you what I would do, man, because that, that picture that you just laid out, that's a scary that's a very scary picture. You're talking about a roster right now that is teetering on the edge with no safety net. And I've been there. I've been in that position. Uh, if I was him, I'd be, I'd be transitioned already. I'd be calling up, you know, 
Hey, Frage. Hey, Herb, your enthusiasm. Hey, Dynasty team. You guys are trying to push the chips in this year? Well, I got some pieces that might make it a little easier for you. What do you think about that? Just have those conversations already because it it will be scary if these players go into the year and start to lose value and become very unappealing for teams where you can't even talk about the proverbial fire sale here because you're talking about players that in Webb's economy it's going to be really challenging to move some of them if it if it rolls the wrong way. With that said, with that with that bleak gloomy <laughs> <laughs> man. <laughs> oh. oh man, Narr- narrative crafting is fun, especially when it's at someone else's expense, right? Oh um, gosh, listens to this maybe at the end of his work day and can go home and like see his kids. <laughs> <laughs> hug him, man. Just yeah. hug him. <laughs> uh, well, web factors for this team, and this is one of those where you can interpret it a number of different ways. Uh, I'll start on this. Um, Jamison Williams is going to be my pick because, I mean, he's already, you know, you go on the Twitter handle and he's already going through it. And a lot of it centers around this player a player that we talked about last year heading into the season as you know, this was the guy like he stuck his neck out for, for Jameson. He makes that pick at number four overall. And you know, the ACL tear was already there. We, that was no surprise, but then last year, you know, it was, it was slow. We didn't really get to see him. And then, you know, suddenly now there's the suspension, get some weird quotes from Dan Campbell about his hands. And it just, it, it just paints a, 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 mystifying picture of a player that I think he wanted to be a cornerstone moving forward for this new look, uh, rebels offense. And if this thing doesn't, if we don't see signs of life, if we don't see something that you can feel good about what you have here with this player, I think that is going to tell the tale of this season more than anything. I'm going to pick, I think I pick him every year. But I'm gonna pick DeAndre Swift again. <laughs> <laughs> one last time, come on. One, yeah, one last go around here. Um, like I just was like look, looking at his stats. Like he wasn't as bad as I like remember last year. Like feeling like he still put up 167 points in 14 games, which is like starter level production. Um, if maybe this he can stay healthy. Maybe this change of scenery. I think the lions were just kind of out on him. helps him. If he can take off with this Eagles team, become a little sexy again, as far as value, I think that would be massive just for, for this team's psyche. Um, so yeah, I'm going Deandre Swift one last time. Yeah. If there's a place that a running back could get his wheels back on it's with that offensive line in Philadelphia, Glad we're talking Josh off the edge uh, yep. right now. Bring him back. Bring <laughs> him back. What else can we do for him, Caleb? I already talked about him, but it's Lamar Jackson. Like last year was kind of disappointing, dealt with injuries, just wasn't the Lamar of old. Now you bring in Zay Flowers, a new offense. Does Lamar get his mojo back? Because if you get Lamar, if you get vintage Lamar and you can field a good defense or a great defense, like I know Josh has the ability to do it, that can cover up some holes. We talked about it. And, you know, there's still enough guys in the fold that could help out with that, but you need Lamar Jackson to return to form, or I don't think a playoff run is possible. 
He's the web factor for a reason. We need him to be yet again this year. Um, record predictions for the Rebel Alliance. Caleb? I'm going... I'm worried this is going to be... Okay, I'm going to go 3-11. and 11. I just think the bottom has to fall out somewhere in this conference. And how we've talked, how, you know, you never know us talking might start some things with how he's going to organize his team. I just, the odds of him making the playoffs are just really tough right now. And if he wants to look for this team's future, I just think, yeah, it's, it's really tough, but that's just what I see with this team right now is three eleven. I also said three and 11 for the rebels. I, again, I mean, it is really a product of, there will be winners and there will be losers in this conference. And I think a lot of these teams, I mean, the Pac-5 is going to feast again in the big five, I think. And once you guys get into that schedule from week seven to week 14, it's going to be a bloodbath. And this is the team that when you look at the schedule and you think about, you know, who's going to be favored in this matchup more often than not, you say it's going to be the other team. So I'm rooting for him, of course, but three and eleven. I went uh, four and ten. I think there's still some pieces here. Like I said, that can be scrappy, um, but yeah, definitely could picture some of those pieces being moved. Um, yeah, and I just kind of hope the outlook looks a little bit better for this team at the at the end of the year. I, I love cheering for this Josh team. Um, I think that Dalvin Cook move, giving up that 25 first, might haunt this team. I'm a little scared of that. Um, but yeah, four and ten. The community consensus a little higher. Um, Josh, four point five wins they're projecting him for. So giving respect to mm-hmm. the to the champ himself. (laughs) I love that. All right. Well, speaking of champs, how about the WebEx champ? The Keel Pros heading into 2023 with a belt on the shoulder. But last year, it was magical, man. It was the five-seed run. It was the five-seed run that couldn't happen, and it did. Um, But... That does make going into a new season all the more challenging because you certainly were not the favorite going into this postseason. And now there are question marks uh, of what this team can accomplish one year removed from that. And I mean, you yourself, Caleb, have made some moves that have even complicated this even further. So do you want to talk about some of the moves that you've made this offseason? Yeah, I mean, the big one and the one that kind of shows you what a little bit of what direction I'm going was the Dalton Kincaid, George Kittle deal. Um, I've been thinking about moving Kittle for a bit. Obviously, thank you so much to George for everything that he did in that playoff run. I mean, immortalized one of the greatest playoff runs the league's ever seen. Couldn't have done it without him. But that being said, you know, roster was getting a little older, Kittle getting a little older and, I just, I love Dalton Kincaid and this felt like, you know, if I'm, this felt like the perfect time, if I'm going to move on from Kittle, it's either now or probably never. Um, So I liked Kincaid enough to orchestrate that three team trade. And obviously it's going to hurt this lineup this season. Um, A lineup that already has some question marks, but 
that was sort of a little, obviously you can see a, a retool kind of move for this team. So it kind of puts me back in the fold of this pack five roulette. Yeah, I liked the I like the timing of the the Kittle trade, like you said. Um, it is tough for this year though, because like when you look at this team, we've been talking. It's built on its quarterback and its defense, and throughout the rest of the team, like the one piece that had game breaking ability, um, I guess Debo maybe a little bit. I'm not sure what to think about Debo anymore, but. Kittle, whenever he was in the lineup, you could count on this guy um, being that game-breaking, huge impact, high-scoring piece like outside of this defense and outside of the quarterback. And I think that was huge. If the formula is the quarterback defense, I think you need one or two of those pieces at the other position to really take it over the edge. And Kittle was that piece, and now he's gone. Um, so you're going to be looking for someone else to to step up. Um but just a interesting spot for the Keel Pros this year. I'm really excited to see like where it goes, what the formula is for the next steps next year, this year, two years down the line for this team. Because I think this is going to be uh, a year that kind of shapes that. Listen, I don't, I don't want to say it's a grab your belt and run sort of a situation <laughs> here, but I do think there is an element to this where. I mean, the Keel Pros have been on the cusp for so many years, grinding different iterations of this team, getting it into the postseason and falling short year after year. I think last year, you know, you sneak in once again, but you hit the lottery, you go all the way, you win the three games, you magical run, you become a web immortal. And now you have an opportunity to take a step back and say, how do I prolong this? How do I improve the overall health to my team? And I think the Kittle move certainly is one of those. I like the word that Frazier used there, which was timing. I thought it was a very nicely timed move, especially picking up a player like Kincaid, where there's a lot of upside there, a guy that could potentially step in quickly and fill the starting tight end role. But um, other moves that you made as well. I mean, guys like Deontay Johnson, who have been on this team forever, kind of moving on from some of these pieces that are were sort of in value limbo, finding opportunities to move them and just kind of improve the health of this roster. And you brought in a lot of rookies uh, in the draft, of course. Zach Charbonnet comes on board. Jonathan Mingo comes on board. I mean, this really is a transitional moment for this team in terms of getting things to the next phase. And I don't know for sure. I can ask you because you're sitting right here, Caleb. But if I were to guess, I would say that I don't think that 2023 is the main focus for you. I don't think that defending the belt is priority number one for you because I think you saw an opportunity to kind of look beyond that while these teams that we talked about all of last season, the teams that you weren't supposed to beat, they're still there. So now you have an opportunity to take kind of a year here to reassess and get this thing moving uh, as those teams kind of move out of the picture. Yeah, it's it's definitely weird. Like you would think, first of all, of all the years I would have won the championship, last year was almost one of the least likely after the year I had before where I was putting up record numbers and you know snuck this one in and this is kind of the team I had minus Kittle that went on and did it 
I mean, I didn't really have much production from like the third receiver spot. It was Keenan got healthy at the end. Debo, you know, had some boom weeks, but wasn't really himself. Um, so the main focus was, yeah, get a lot of young players that I like, like Mingo, Kincaid, Charbonnet, to look towards the future. But keep keep this team competitive. Keep it good enough where I feel like I can win any game. You know, and as long as I have Josh Allen and the defense, we keep bringing it up. But, like, uh, I think the defense is going to be really good again. I just need to see – it's going to be tough because these guys are rookies, but I need to see the rookies, you know, slowly progress. I need to see, you know, like an Alec Pierce take another step. I need to see guys take steps. Otherwise, I'm going to be, you know, in a weird spot where, you know, I have some draft capital but not a ton. So kind of banking on these guys starting to progress. And then the wily old vets, you know, like Keenan Allen, Debo, if they can do their thing, I think, you know, this is still a competitive team. So – it's definitely the weirdest I've felt about a season in quite a while, like in a few years now. But I think we're still good enough to to make a run in the playoffs. Well, on that note, web factors for this team. Frazier, what do you think? This one's tough. Uh, I'm going to go Debo. Um, just cause that, like, that was a main cog in why that 2021 Caleb team was so like good down the stretch. Um, wasn't plugged in enough to, to the 49ers last year and Debo specifically to know why last year didn't go as it, the previous year did, if he was injured or what, or if they weren't using them the same ways, but if he can somehow get that offensive player of the year contender back that's going to be huge and making up for some of the loss of value production from from Kittle um the other moves that he's made um so yeah I'm going uh Debo it's a big one right there that is a big one and I'm going with Najee Harris because the running back room here is the big question mark heading into the year I mean you have guys like Debo and then, you know, your vets, Keenan Allen, things like that. There's star power here. Uh, there's still star power on this team, certainly. But I think the running back room specifically is an area where there's a very wide range of outcomes with these players. And there's not much depth here if it doesn't go the right way. And Najee Harris is going to be a huge reason for that because again we're still living in this weird cycle with him where it's like suddenly Jalen Warren is a thing you know like who knows if all that's real who knows what is just camp talk but it it really will be imperative for Najee to return to his rookie year form as as weird as that sounds you bring him in you think you got something really really solid and then it's just kind of all been downhill It'll be really important for this team to see him return to that to that level and be a no-doubt RB1. Yeah, that's a good pick. Like The running back room, well, I'm, I'm excited for it, for its potential. If it doesn't work out, we could be definitely being a hole. So Najee's the focal point of that. Um, my web factor, <laughs> it's kind of for the memes, but, I mean, his nickname's Wildcard, so <laughs> let's run it back one more time. How about Gabe Davis, everybody? <laughs> That third wide receiver spot is 
I mean, it's tough right now. Gabe definitely let me down the second half of the season. I got a lot of young receivers in the room, but he's going to get the start out of the gates. And I know, you know, last year it sounds like he was dealing with an ankle injury for a lot of the season. So I'm hoping a healthy Gabe Davis paired with Josh Allen. Finally, you know, if Gabe Davis actually becomes that guy, which who knows if it'll actually happen. But if he does, if we can get that Allen to Gabe Davis connection that was happening like the first few weeks of the season, that would be huge because there's a lot of question marks after Debo and Keenan who also have their own question marks. So if Gabe can be that guy that I hoped he would be, that would be that'd be huge for this for this offense. Record predictions for the reigning defending web.com champion. Brage. I got him at seven, seven and seven. Shocking. Um, right in the <laughs> middle with, with the two up and coming teams, the team taking the step back. I think this is the year we all converge right, right in the middle as we battle it out. Um, I, I mean, this was like the perfect formula. He snags his championship. He gets a chance to kind of rework this a little bit. He kept all his picks during the process. So there's still a lot of flexibility um, not in a bad spot, but I think there's going to be a step back from like playoff contention this year. Yeah, I went six and eight because I picked David Wilson Batman to win that extra game. And this is where <laughs> it falls. It falls here at six and eight. I mean, like I said, I don't, there is certainly still the pieces here to make a run to get in. I mean, it's, you're talking about two games here swings a little bit differently, but with how close everything is and how intense this is going to get this year. And with some of the moves that this team has already made, I think six and eight is in the cards. And I, I think, you know, it's, it comes at the cost of setting yourself up for a brighter future ahead. Yeah, I think those are both fair. I'm going to go eight and six because I just have blind faith in myself. To, Love it. So you still have a winning record. We've had a pretty good streak here the last few years. And, you know, it's definitely not the best team I've fielded, but I think there's enough talent. You know, if Debo returns to form, if those guys I like step up, that, I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a battle in the middle there. And if we just come out ahead on an extra game, we're sitting pretty good. All right, Webb. Consensus. Oh no. Has Caleb at six point eight right wow. now. Wow. Um, get your nice. get your under bets in now because when the when the consensus hears the God, we really need Gabe Davis this year. It's gonna, <laughs> it's not gonna be good. <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a little surprising actually. I would have thought we had had a little bit of champ respect from the from the gallery, but low on him, I guess. All right. Well, we have two teams left in the pack five and the first one, Dirty Dave and the boys. So last year I gave a blazing soliloquy for this team and a very common theme talking point was last ride. One last shot. (laughs) Is this the end? And I sat down and I looked at this team going into 2023 and I said, God damn, this might be the last <laughs> ride. 
<laughs> what did you guys think uh, when you sat down and looked at Dirty Dave, the number three team uh, behind the two juggernauts we had last season? I sat down and I was like, starting lineup still is like good. Um, it's not a lot after it. He did his best, the best that he could possibly do to patch up the bench a little bit in the offseason, but it's still, I would say, one of the worst benches in web. Um, so that's going to be tough. His, his margin of error is very, very small this year if things break not well for his starting lineup. If he gets a little bad luck, things could go downhill real quick. But also, like, there's still, like, very, very high fantasy impact players in the starting lineup that if they play how they're capable of, if they are available to him in all the games, that this team's going to be really good again. The the boom bust of this team, the the ceiling is so high, but the floor could be bad. I mean... This team is one injury away from being in a weird spot. Uh, he's still got the running back crew, McCaffrey and Eckler, and now Kamara suspended for a few weeks, which kind of takes a little wind out of, the, out of the sails. means he's flexing the feeling, which isn't quite as fun as Kamara. But, I mean, the offense still looks really good. Another year older, but none of these guys have really shown signs of slowing down. This defense, I'm a little worried about. I mean, I looked, and it was a third-scoring defense last year, which was kind of surprising. But, like, at defensive line, we have Will Anderson, who's completely unproven. Shaq Barrett is coming off an ACL tear. And then, you know, he's got Aaron Donald, the force, not Buckner, but they kind of took steps back. Like Fraser said, there's just quite a margin for error. And if if there's one injury or anything, I mean, he could blow this thing up today and be set for the future, but that's not is it's not how Dave's going to do it. So this team has the potential to win it all or the potential to, I mean, two years from now, just be an absolute dumpster fire. So he's in a, he's in a wild spot. And it is, I mean, the, the perfect scenario would have been win the title, blow it up. <laughs> like that would have been the perfect scenario for this team. And unfortunately that didn't happen. And he is still in the strike zone to the point where he has to try to send this thing. He has to try to come out of this era with the championship. I mean, it has been years and years, 11 and three, 11 and three. I mean, pack five titles. He has done his resume over the last four years, three years has been incredible. And we need to see this team finish it. We need to see this team bring it home this year. Cause I know we said it last year. This is actually the last season. There's no <laughs> way there is no possible way that this core of players makes it into 2024 as like a dominant roster. It's just not happening because there's, there is a, a legitimate chance, like you guys have said, where, I mean, father time is a real thing in fantasy and it comes before you are ready for it in many cases. And there are, you know, ranges of outcomes and multiverses where suddenly these pieces that look really, really good heading into the year, all of a sudden might not look so good by week seven. And so he needs to avoid that. He needs to avoid injury. 
He needs to avoid all sorts of things. There's a lot of variables for him as opposed to the last few years when he could go in comfortably and say, yeah, I'm going to be a dominant team. But at the end of the day, man, like Frey said, these guys are still premier. And when I'm looking at it today, when I'm looking at it right now, before the season starts, I have no reason to believe that the McCaffrey Eckler cup core AJ Brown. I mean, there, there are so many names here to still be excited about. And, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I believe, I believe, but this is really the last this is the last go around. We're not going to be here next year saying one more time, like next year will be a, like either you won the title and we're celebrating or like shit. What is the next era of dirty Dave look like? Yeah, it's tough. It's there's, there's no flexibility at all. I mean, he's just, he's married to the McCaffrey Eckler cup, McLaurin, AJ Brown core. And if, one or two of those guys go down like this team suddenly takes a step behind these up and coming teams. If they all stay healthy. Great. I think this team is still better than all those teams. Um, and that's why he has to send it. Cause I still view him as a top three team in web. Um, and that gets you the buy and then you just got to win two. So it's, it's this year. And then there's just, there's no flexibility in any of these guys like Cooper Cup could. I mean, we saw it with Thielen. He still had a, like I looked at his stats, it was still not terrible last year, but he is he went from a valuable piece to nothing. Um, it could happen to any of those guys that quick. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It, I and there's nothing you can do. He's just you're either in or you're out. And at this moment, it looks like he's all in. So. I mean, but he's all, he's always also always been a guy who's like I want to be good for you know for a long time and stuff like that's kind of what he was and then like there's there's no in between right now like you have to be committed to what you have or it's gonna get messy. It's you look at the ages on these players, man. It, it's freaky. It is freaky because I mean, Dalvin Cook was twenty seven. And, you know, guy players before that, it's like all of a sudden, you know, Eckler's 28, McCaffrey's 27, Cup's 30. You know, these are not players that you, I mean, you're going into the year like, let's fucking hope that we can get this one more time here. These are not players where you can count on that they're going to be what they were the last couple of years. So um, all of that said. Web factor for Dirty Dave. I guess I can start, huh? Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with Darren Waller because this was a this was a big piece for him uh, in the heyday of Waller Raiders. You know, he felt the impact last year of not having that presence in the tight end room and all signs with you know him going to the Giants everything seems to be in place for this to be a really big year he should be a focal point in that offense seems like he's going to be a focal point in that offense and if we can get that version of Waller again where he can sort of maybe even cover up for some of the other areas of this team like a questionable flex at times that's going to be big for him and will help him feel good as he moves through this season 
I'm gonna go CMC, the the main key key to everything. This team back in 2020-2021 when CMC got hurt those years was good enough to withstand it and still be elite. And that's not the case anymore. He absolutely needs elite Christian McCaffrey to have a chance at the wet belt, um, which is a little scary. That's a little scary. Um, but he needs CMC RB1, RB2 overall to be the team that he needs to be to win the belt. So that's my pick. And I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins. Mm-hmm. Quarterback on this team has always been a weird thing. It's It's gone through eras at the quarterback position, and last year he trades for Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins finished as the sixth overall quarterback last season. So he finally sort of took that next step from being that, you know, solid QB2 to a QB1. And that's sort of been the piece that's held back this offense always. So if we can get Kirk Cousins another QB6, number six season out of him, I think that helps, you know, buoy some of these other guys who may slow down. But if he returns back to, you know, 11, 12 QB, it makes it a little harder for him. So I think this team's always had sort of question marks at the quarterback position. And if Kirk Cousins can help answer those this season, it'll help him out a little bit. Record predictions for Dirty Dave and the boys going 10 and four. This will be, you know, somehow he will get to 10 wins. I mean, this is the, this team. We talked about it on paper still has so much firepower. It does even in a crowded and improving pack five. I still think this team has what it takes to get the double digit wins. I got a at nine and five uh pretty much the same thing Orf said there's still too much oomph to this team and you can't really predict people falling off a cliff or injuries so as it stands i got them right at like that nine and five ten and four still a step above that mid-tier pack five that we've been discussing i've got them at ten and four i mean that just that lineup is so high powered if everything goes right, we could see even better than that. So uh, 10 and 4 feels fair. We'll see how see how it plays out this year. Web consensus, 9.1 wins for Dirty Dave this year. Okay. So we, we're right. right on it. All right. We've been right on all these, mm-hmm. really. Man, look at us. Got the pulse. We got it. We got it. We control the pulse. Eh? <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like chicken or the egg, right? Did we <laughs> did we invent the pulse? So we tapped into the pulse. <laughs> Last team in the pack five. The insulin pens, baby. It was uh, you know, one year ago, man. We did not know what this was going to look like. This was a pure transformation a pure offensive transformation and it worked it sure as hell worked because this was the second best team in the history of web missing out on the best team ever by a 0.01 <laughs> or plus rating so i mean it we all know WebEx was the story of the pirate crew versus the insulin pens and then the keel pros sneaking up at the end and taking hold of it. 
The insulin pens, I mean, the Devontae Adams trade is interesting to me because obviously you look at this team today and you're like, oh, yeah, (laughs) like we're still all aboard, baby. Like he's got everything there. He really hasn't made much many other moves and especially on the defense that was something that was kind of forming through the year last year now it's really kind of a finished product but the Devonte Adams trade kind of signals that he's thinking about what comes next uh but in terms of 2023 we head into this year i mean what is stopping this team from doing what he did last year not much um I remember being plugged into this team in the preseason pod last year. I was all aboard. You were. Um, Insulin Pans, Penn's biggest fan since day one right here. Um, <laughs> and I don't see anything stopping them this year. I think more of the same is coming, that hot finish. Um, it's just this team is just stupid loaded. The starting lineup is as good as anyone's. The defense is the best in the league, in my opinion. And then just the bench is loaded with production potential value um and then this team like on top of all that has seconds and thirds and just a ton of seconds to throw around ton of thirds to throw around to patch things up if things get dicey um it's just it's a complete team all the way across the board um it's my championship pick i think i picked them last year it's it's going to be my championship pick again yeah, I mean, I don't know how much you can put stock into projections quite at this time of the year, but well, uh, Sleeper has them projected at 204 points. The next closest is Dan at 182. Like, that's that's wicked. He's already projected 204 off the rip, and, I mean, you can tell it by this lineup. Like, there's not a hole in this lineup, which is, I feel like it's part of Tim's OCD with the defense and and offense. Just like I need a guy there, I'll trade a third for a linebacker if it makes it look better. But it's worked. I mean, he's built almost the perfect roster, and like you said, it's so deep that it's it's the top end is great, and he's got the bench to be flexible. He's got the picks to be flexible. Tim can do whatever he wants, and we'll still have one of the best teams in web, which is dangerous. Letting Tim have the option to do whatever he wants. It always backfired. It has backfired before. So that could be, could that be his downfall? Is Tim too good? Is he too flexible? (laughs) The only person that can defeat the insulin pens is Tim. That's yeah. (laughs) I mean, like it really is. So think about this last year, the narrative with this team was that like he was old. Like he had pushed all of his chips into 2022 WebEx. You look at this team today, man, and you think about the future of Web and what's coming after all of this, this era. I mean, this team is kind of like, like it's ready. It's like ready for multiple years of this. Like, I don't know what happened here. Like I, Amon Ra obviously was a huge part of this, as was Damian Pierce, because I think when when they did not invest in the running back position, and you know that could happen at any time. But the point is that they didn't invest in it this year. So not, so now you have this player, Damian Pierce, who's still in the flex spot, who's still completely safe. He's your RB three on this team. I mean, there is young 
talented assets on this team. CD Lamb's the top five dynasty wide receiver. I mean, there is enough youth here where like now you see guys like Mike Evans and DeAndre Hopkins are on the bench. Like those are your bench players. Those moves that he made, like the window really isn't as short as it seemed like it could have been. And then, you know, the Devonte trade was another step in the direction of, you know, let's get DJ more in. Let's shave a few years off this starting lineup. I mean, this is really an absolute powerhouse. This is the best team in web. We will talk about the pirate crew next week. It is a dick. It is a declining situation over there. And I think the insulin pens are holding very steady right now with the team that they've built specifically, like you said, phrase with this defense going in unquestionable as the top defense in web. I mean, this, this is an absolute unit. This is an art of building a defense, uh, using third round picks to build something even that is really special. And then, uh, you know, we'll talk about web factors here, but I, mine might be, uh, an interesting piece that we haven't even spoken about yet either so yeah this team is uh like one of those teams where as you're working through your rebuild you're like hey we could be frisky this year like we might be a few pieces away and then you go look at this team and you're like we got we got work to do yeah this is this team is loaded if you wanted to re if you decided to rebuild in the last two years (laughs) you picked a great time everybody because yeah, this the insulin pens era is not ending mm-hmm. uh, anytime soon. But well, I was gonna say, hope he enjoys these pods too. Or after <laughs> all that he's gone through, where yeah. Caleb's like, Tim can do whatever he wants. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking, like comparing him to how Dan sort of built a dynasty, where Dan got the lottery ticket of Mahomes off free agency. Tim getting Jalen Hurts out of free agency was incredible too, because this. His quarterback position was also in limbo for a while. And now Jalen Hurts last year, QB three. I mean, that's huge. And he, his team suffered when Hurts was out. So I like that he went out and he, you know, he drafted CJ Stroud too. Like he's addressing that as well. Um, so that was huge. And it also makes me, just made me think of a small trade idea. If he wanted, you know, the Mahomes Tyreek, maybe the Hurts, A.J. Brown, and Dave can get a little younger. Someone's got a few receivers over here. I don't know, but I don't want to plant too many seeds. Don't don't put that out there. I don't want <laughs> that. But that that's a – the Hurts thing, like Hurts was not a thing last year when we talked about this. Like this was not the same player. So this is another reason why this team just suddenly became – like way more like entrenched in a, an extended run because Jalen hurts became an elite NFL quarterback and that's not going away anytime soon. So web factor for the insulin pens. I'm going to start because I don't want you to steal mine. It's Travis Kelsey (laughs) because I mean, after he made that trade, that's, how the insulin pens became what they are and what they were going into the postseason. I mean, this was truly the piece away and then some for this team to take him from a great team to one of the all time best teams. And eventually this guy's gotta get old. <laughs> I mean, like 
something's got to give here, but you talk about a player that's 33 and not showing you any signs of slowing down this year. It's going to be all about Kelsey, man. If we can get another dominant season out of Travis Kelsey, if we can get the same player that he's been for years and years and years, web MVP, then all systems go. This will be the best team in web unquestionably next season. I'm going to go. I mean, it's tough because all so many of these guys are established superstars, but I'm going Damian Pierce. Like we said, he, he got through the draft without any issues. They signed Devin Singletary, but Pierce is getting been getting most of the work in the preseason as well with the ones. So that's good to see. He's starting in Tim's lineup here. And, you know, if we're going to nitpick this team, maybe it's not the deepest at running back. I mean, Jamal is going to be solid. He drafted Kendra Miller. So he's got the future of that backfield down, but Zeke is kind of falling off. Gus Edwards could be start. Like there's still guys there, but you know, if Damian Pierce maybe doesn't quite hit the ceiling that a lot of people are thinking, maybe the running back room gets a little weird, but if Damian Pierce actually hits that potential that a lot of people have been talking about, then you sort of, this lineup just gets even scarier because really looking at this, offense pierce is the only like well maybe he's not going to be elite this year so if pierce takes that next step this team's that much scarier this is this is one of the hardest web factors i've had to pick kelsey's a good one because that is the quickest path to like a major hole in this lineup as for some reason he did happen to fall off the cliff this year um I'm going to do Cole Web Factors. I think that is that allowed. I'll allow it. <laughs> I want to give DJ Moore a shout out, my boy. Um, if Tim can, if he takes that step forward with the Bears, that's going to look like a genius move to shave like four years off his wide receiver and not take a huge hit in production. That would be massive for him. And then I'm going to go. Uh, Tony Pollard with Zeke out of town. If he can turn in from a 230 point running back to like a 260, 270 with the with the extra carries and touches, I mean that's another 40 points in the bag. Um, extra couple points a game. That's going to be even more dire for the rest of Web if that is a thing as well. So um, cold Web factors. Firsts here on the Web podcast. I love it. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. What does the league think about the insulin pens? Oh no, we didn't even do ours we, yet, did yeah. we? Yeah. No. I just assumed we were all going to say fourteen and zero. I guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Caleb, what do you think? I'm going to go twelve and two. I mean, there's going to be a slip up along the way. There always is. Um, if any team could go fourteen and zero, it's this team, but. It's tough to, tough to throw out the 14-0 record prediction. So 12-2 and two feels like sort of that ceiling unless you guys want to try it. No, I'm going to stick to 12-2. and two. This team went 12-2 and two last year, and I think overall the league as a whole is going to get a little bit closer to this team this year, as good as it still is. Um, I think he, I mean, he's got the Dan matchup. Still got those Dave matchups on the Pac-5 schedule as a whole is going to be one that you can't slip up on. So, uh, twelve and two. I also said twelve and two. I mean, it's 
it's hard to pick a team to do better than that because it is it's going to be tough. Like you said, I mean, the Dan game, that's an L. We can count on that week <laughs> one. So there's one in the bag. And then somewhere along the way in the pack five, he'll lose another one. But 12 mm-hmm. and two, another dominant season for the insulin pens. All right. Now, what does the league say about them? 12.1. God damn, dude. We, we are, are, we are, are just on fire. We're the narrative. <laughs> damn. Oh, my God. All right. That is one half of the season preview, baby. I mean, what a special time in the world to be nine days out from this thing. I mean, we have an entire (laughs) second conference to talk about yet, but the energy is here, man. Breaking down these teams, thinking about how it's going to shake out this year. An absolutely unpredictable and fun web year. I think we said that on the finale. Like, this might be the year where we start to see parity start to return. And I think the number of seven and sevens that we heard today is an indicator of what is to come, specifically in this conference. And we'll find out next week what the Big Five looks like because there are many changes happening over there as well. So with that said... I guess we should make it a great week. We shall. We shall.